Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We Ooh. hope you stay a while. <laughs> cute. That's cute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, I have to say, I did not think once one time that Chris Evans was like the most attractive Chris I stand corrected. You were right. Although, I mean, you also liked Chris Pratt first, but you definitely have been on, like championing Chris Evans for a really long time. Listen, Chris Pratt really does it for me. Some of y'all are going to drag me for this. I think he's funny. Clearly, some of the problematic stuff I don't think is funny, okay? But, like, I love him as Star-Lord. I think he's literally perfect as Star-Lord. Andy Dwyer, king of my heart. Oh my God, I was watching old episodes of Parks and Rec on the plane on the way back from Hawaii. And I was like, God, Chris Pratt was so good in this show. Just so good. You know the, you know the episode when <laughs> he's performing as Mouse Rat and they're asking him about the name of the band and he starts going through all the other names that they were? He did that improv on the fly. He's smart. He's so funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. He is funny. You know, he's found this other path in life and we wish him well. <laughs> wish you well, Christopher Pratt. But I still literally like seeing the footage from the holiday extravaganza for Guardians because, you know, Guardians is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Guardians all the way. Ride or die. The minute he came on screen, I was just like biting my fist. Like, <laughs> ah! That's how he needs to look. He needs to have like the 70s facial hair. He needs to be blonde. He looks so fine. But I was a late adopter to Chris Evans' supremacy as well. And I was an even later adopter. Because I actually, personally, I find Chris Pine does it more for me. I don't know what it is, especially like with his like salt and pepper. Like I love it. But now I'm like, oh my God, Chris Evans. Yes, you are the sexiest man alive. Congratulations. Chris Pine is hot. There's no denying that all of these men are good-looking men. And honestly, it's actually like a travesty that there could be four famous Chris's. I guarantee you there cannot be four famous Kirby's. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there is actually another Kirby Johnson on TikTok that has a million followers. She spells her name with a Y. She's like 18 years old or something. So I'm like, I better get famous real quick so that I can keep my name. You can be the Kirby that people think of. I don't want to be like Katy Perry who had to change her name from Katherine Hudson because Kate Hudson already existed. You know what I mean? There is room in this world for two Kirby's. Or three or four. Maybe we'll be having a discussion of like, who's the best Kirby? And it's like, am I the problematic Kirby? Am I the one that everyone's like, God, we hate Kirby. She's at every single theme park. She's a ride at every theme park. It's also like a generational thing, too, right? Like you, if she's younger and 18, she's like the Justin Bieber versus the Justin Timberlake. I get it. I get it. Anyways, I was a late adopter. You were also a late adopter. We were late Chris Evans adopters. I honestly thought he was bland. I thought he was boring. Very vanilla. I'm like, he's Captain America. Doesn't do it for me. Don't care. 
yeah, as a friend mentioned or described, she was like, he was very like plain chicken breast. No seasoning. But then he started developing a personality. I mean, he had it all along, obviously. But then you started to see it. And I'm like, wow. And then there was that video where he is looking at that reporter during a Knives Out interview. She is this beautiful black woman and she's wearing like knee-high white go-go boots. And she sits down and like she says something and he's like, I almost wore those. And she's like, oh, really? And they get into this banter and the way that he is staring at her, that's where the Christopher Jamal Evans came from because everyone was like, that man loves the chocolate. He is all about. (laughs) And then Lizzo was like, yes, he could get it. Like, Yes. Oh, and then that too. Also, the fact that he dated Jenny Slate, like you're like, he is a smart, funny man. And then his love for his dog. Oh, Dodger, the love for the dog. Love it. We were on that Jinx call with our dogs and I was literally like posing. Yes. (laughs) Us and like literally 30 other women. Y'all, I wish you could have been on this call because literally like Shauna, if you're listening to this episode, please send us the recording. I guarantee you every single person was posing on that call to get a screenshot of them with Chris Evans. It was my first Be Real, and then I quit Be Real after that. I was like, there's no good topping this. I have not done Be Real since, honestly. And then, like, (laughs) I, like, posted pictures on my feed, and it was like, Quinn had a call with Chris Evans. Quinn is not even pictured. (laughs) She's not even in the frame. (laughs) And, like, the thing, too, is that it was like, Chris spoke for, like, two seconds, and then it was the vet. Even though the vet was, like, the one that was, like, the featured speaker, you were, like, minimize and pin Chris Evans to my Zoom because I want to be watching you this whole time. That's exactly what I did. I was just like, my hands were on my face, just staring like beautiful man. And then I DM'd him afterwards. <laughs> and I spelled gray wrong. I spelled gray like Grey's Anatomy. You're like, I loved gray man. I loved gray man. And Sarah's like, you spelled it incorrectly. I'm like, fuck, fuck. Did he even see it? I don't know. But he's super charming. He is. And smart. He has his network, a starting point, which I appreciate. It's like a public service, a civil duty. Love that. Now that he has been announced again, did we even say it as people's sexiest man alive? Everyone knows at this point. It was like the world came together. Yeah. Like I'm getting fed like old interviews of him and like old photo shoots and stuff. And oh my God, did you see his old shoot with Flaunt magazine? Yes. I was like, oh. I've seen this many years ago when I became obsessed. Like, I've looked up this man's astrological chart, okay? Scorpio Moon, you know that man is, like, dark and twisted in some way. But he is off the market. He's dating a 25-year-old. Honestly, whenever I hear a man like that is dating someone, I truly am, like, you know how publicists are like, don't tell anybody you're dating anyone. It takes the, like, you know, allure away. You're not going to be, like, seen. That's me. When Chris Pratt got engaged to Katherine Schwarzenegger, done. Love ya, you're hot, but I'm not interested anymore. I'm not thinking I could possibly make it happen. You're such a respectful fan. That's how I felt too, sort of, when Michael B. Jordan started dating Lori Harvey, although they were just so beautiful that I was like, I can't look away. You know, they're so beautiful together. I didn't know he was 41. Okay, get it. I know Chris is 41 and he's dating this 25-year-old Alba Batista. Who's gorgeous, of course. Gorge. Uh, You know, I do kind of feel some type of way when I hear like 41-year-old men dating 20-year-olds. But like, you know, whatever. They can make their own choices. Maybe she's mature. And I mean, he seems like a nice guy. I don't know. But congratulations. And thank you. Thank you for all that you do. I actually was shocked when they announced him because 
Who do you think it was going to be? Well, I just never thought he would do it because like you have to agree to do it. And I feel like some of these guys are like the Clooney's and the Brad Pitt's when they did it in the heyday of People magazine. Like, you know, that was like the thing to do. But now I think people are like, am I going to get dragged for like doing this? Because God love Blake Shelton. But remember when they announced him and everyone was like boycotting it? Like, that would be me. It's like Kirby Johnson, sexiest woman alive. And people are like, this is bullshit. Like, literally, I would be traumatized. So I was like, I don't think people like are vying for this, you know, title. I mean, there's a lot of conversations. It's like, this has probably been in the works for a very long time. I want to know who the runner ups were. Same. I thought maybe like it was Jason Momoa's time. Totally. I wonder if I feel like they've been trying to get Chris Evans and he was like, no, no, no. And then this year, because it was going to be announced around the midterms, he was like, OK, I can use this as a platform to tell people to vote, which is like what he did on Colbert. Anyways, congrats, sexiest man alive. You are now in great company. Has Chris Pratt ever been sexiest man alive? I don't think so. So he is officially the first Chris to be sexiest man alive because Chris Pine definitely hasn't. Has Hemsworth hasn't? I think Hemsworth has. Let's just look this up. Sexiest man alive list. And I guarantee you all these men are still alive. Chris Hemsworth is too beefy for me. But Chris Hemsworth, let me tell you, the personality makes it work for me. Last year was Paul Rudd. The year before that was Michael B. Jordan. Then John Legend. Idris Elba. Blake Shelton. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. David Beckham. Chris Hemsworth, he's the first Chris, 2014. Wow, this photo of him is so, so old. 2013, Adam Levine, E. Ugh. 2012, Channing Tatum. 2011, Bradley Cooper. 2010, Ryan Reynolds. 2009, Johnny Depp. Oh my God, this is crazy. Was Ryan Gosling? Oh, you know what? Do not look, do not look. Are you looking? No. Okay, I'm gonna quiz you at the end. We're doing a quick quiz. 2008? Let me look. Let me look. Wow. These covers are really throwing it back for me. I can't even believe this. No, 2008 was not Ryan Gosling. And I'm actually shocked by that. I don't think Gosling's ever done it. He seems like maybe someone who wouldn't do it. Although like, come on. There's some double dips. Okay. I'm going to quiz you at the end. No, just quiz me now. I want to know now. Okay. Okay. I agree. I agree. This is important. This is important journalism. It's 2008. We were in college still. Okay, yeah, so 2008, these are the headlines on this magazine. Jennifer Aniston on Angelina, John Mayer, and more. Exclusive, Governor's Call Girl Tells Her Story. The CMA Awards, Country's Biggest Night. And then it says, special double issue, Sexiest Man Alive is blank, plus 129 smoking hot guys, including Brad Pitt and Zac Efron. Wait, okay, but give me a, like some more hints around who he is. He's not a superhero, but he plays a comic character. Okay, okay. He also has appeared in musicals. Oh, like a Spider-Man? No. Oh, oh, Hugh. Wait, what? why am I blanking all of a sudden? You got it. No, but what's his last name? Jackman. Jackman. That makes sense. Okay, so there's at least one man who has been sexiest man alive at least twice. Brad Pitt. Okay, Brad Pitt has been at least twice. So Brad Pitt in 1995, he was 
in Legends of the Fall and Interview with a Vampire. He was named Sexiest Man Alive. He also was named Sexiest Man Alive in 2000. When did they start this? In like the 80s? I'm scrolling down. I'm scrolling. Yeah. Oh, my God. They did. Who Who is the first Sexiest Man Alive? This is 1985. Tom Cruise. Nope. That is a great, great pick. Uh, Patrick Swayze. No, that would be a good one. I was going to say Clint Eastwood. Who? I don't think you're going to get this. I don't think you're going to get it. Mel Gibson. Oh, that's very telling of the times. Do you remember growing up and like this was before, you know, obviously shit went down. He was like a big like heartthrob. Like my mom, like all the moms loved him. What women want? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay, and then it's actually interesting. It is very telling of the times. 1986 was St. Elsewhere's Mark Harmon. That's the year we were, well, I was born. Your birth year. Oh, my God. This is fucking hilarious. Your birth year. Who was it? (laughs) Okay, you're not going to get this because (laughs) you don't watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But Sexiest Man Alive is like one of the housewives' husbands. Kelsey Grammer. Harry Hamlin, oh. who is Lisa Rinna's husband. Oh my gosh, we should make a game out of this. This is literally my favorite thing. I love it so much. I love it. Like Sean Connery. I mean, he was hot. No, Harry Hamlin is still attractive, in my opinion. And he was like the man. Like my mom talks about how sexy Harry Hamlin was. 1998 was John F. Kennedy Jr., 1989 was Sean Connery. Okay, 1990, we get into Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's era. Tom Cruise era. Did you watch the new Top Gun? It's not even new anymore. Yes, I saw it in theaters like opening weekend. It was amazing. I'm like, he's a really handsome man. Yes, and Miles Teller really won me over. Oh, yeah, Miles Teller for sure. We should make a game where it's like, this is like whoever your celebrity or Sexiest Man Alive was the year you were born, plus your street name is your... <laughs> I have no idea where you're going with this, honestly. I don't know. I do I just, I just love the idea of people looking up their Sexiest Man Alive. There was a departure from Sexiest Man Alive, and it was Sexiest Couple Alive, and it was in 1993. Do you know what couple that was? Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. No. It was... Uh, Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford. Yeah. Wild. Wild time. And then Richard Gere got it again in 1999, but just as a a solo sexy man. Another handsome man. It's actually iconic that they have kept this up for so long. And that people still care about it because they do. This is like the biggest thing that People Magazine does now. It's like all people care about now. Okay, so who are you nominating? For next year? For next year. Or just, you know, in general, like, who do you think has gotten snubbed besides Ryan Gosling? Oh, God, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think Ryan Gosling is way too cool. Like, he will never agree to do it. He would never do it, but he deserves it. Agreed. I think Zac Efron should get it. He's got his movies coming out. He's working on it. I'm sure that he'll get there one day. Zac Efron, 100%. I just Googled hot men because I'm like drawing a blank. A lot of these guys have already been on the cover. I think Tom Hardy makes a strong case. 
I think he's really hot. I think if Timothy Chalamet continues to be handsome and relevant when he's a little bit less of a boy and more of a man in like 10 years. More of a man. I'm trying to think like, oh, you know who I think is really hot, but he's like not like an ultimate movie star, like not the caliber yet. Theo James. He's in The White Lotus. Oh, my God. I just started watching it and I was like, oh, where'd you come from? Yep. Very into that. Very happy about that inclusion. Why don't we get like a comedian? Let's get a hot comedian. Let's get like a Nick Kroll. Let's get like Joe Coy. Let's get Joe. Let's get like just some funny. Like I want some funny. They're probably in there somewhere. I'm actually shocked that Miles Teller wasn't it. Because even though Chris did have like, I mean, he is a movie star and he has so many blockbusters, like literally the most watched movie of almost all time is Top Gun 2. And like people became obsessed with Miles Teller. But I think he's still a little young. Too young? Okay. You know, all these men, they're like in their 40s. Yeah, late 30s, early 40s. You're right. You're right. We have to also think about like the people reader, you know? That would actually support my case for Miles Teller because everybody saw that movie. Do you think Ben Affleck would ever get it? I think he did get it. Let's just double check. So he actually has passed a few times, apparently, on Sexiest Man Alive. Did Leo ever get it? He probably passed. I think he passed. That's the other thing. People are like, oh, my God, it's about time. I'm like, Chris Evans has definitely declined this in the past. I'm telling you right now. They probably had to donate a shitload to like some kind of... To Jinx. Jinx or some kind of dog rescue or something, a starting point, whatever. There's just no way he was not asked prior to this. Do you think Harry Styles will get it one day? Sarah, do you understand that we've been talking about this for 20 minutes? Okay, we got to move on. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, okay. We're moving on. We're moving. <laughs> We're moving on. Sorry, everyone. Woo. We're moving on. Sarah, what's on your face? Okay. So I have another complexion product. I looked at the reviews and it's averaged like four out of five stars. So not bad. I don't know that this is for everyone. So it's the Honest Beauty CC Tinted Moisturizer with Vitamin C and Blue Light Defense SPF 30. That's the entire name. Do I care about any of those words except for the fact that it's like the CC cream is why I gravitated towards it. I was like, oh, I love a CC cream. I'm going to try it. And I honestly, I had the sample for a while. I don't really love all of Honest Beauty's makeup products, but I was like, I'm going to give it a try. The shade Oro Medium like matched my skin color perfectly. I absolutely love how it looks and feels on my face. I wouldn't call this a tinted moisturizer. It's more of like a skin tint. And you'll see in some of the reviews from people, they're like, this isn't a tinted moisturizer. And so I don't know why they called it that because it gives you more coverage than like a tinted moisturizer would. And I am obviously like on the drier side and I find that it is hydrating, but it's not like dewy. Like it definitely has like a satin finish, which I also like. It's like a bonus that there's sunscreen in it. Actually, I'm... I didn't even really know it had vitamin C until I typed out the name, which I find interesting. But I really, really like it. So I have been using this when I'm not using my Sicily one, when I'm like, that shit's too expensive and I'm only going to like... Squander it. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm just going to go to like, you know, pick up some food or go out to dinner real quick. Like I'm using this and it makes my skin look really beautiful. Okay. So when you're putting it on, it does have the consistency of a tinted moisturizer. I guess I just don't really use tinted moisturizers and like think more of like that tinted moisturizer should be hydrating. Whereas the ones that I have tried have had more of a dewier finish. So maybe that's why. So this is like, I guess, a tinted moisturizer that has a little bit more coverage and a satin finish. Okay. One thing I will say, the shade range, they could definitely work on it. There's not very many shades. There's seven. How's the shade spread though? Because if it's not giving that much coverage, then you don't need like an, a specific shade. Well, I was going to say that, but I still think they need to work on it because there's really only like three deeper shades. They're very similar. They're not that deep and they're kind of, in my opinion, similar to each other. I would be interested to see like if someone has like a deep skin tone, if they use this and it works on their their skin. So I'm Oro, which is like very much in the mi- the middle, the Aura medium. I don't use a lot and I feel like it will last longer, obviously, if you set it but I wear my blush and a little bit of powder on top if I want it to last a little bit longer. And I just absolutely love it. So you don't have to worry about it moving on the face because it's not super dewy, but also it's not like going to leave dry skin looking dry. Exactly. It's definitely going to like cover up redness, any blemishes. It's buildable, but it's not a foundation. Like I get asked all the time. I'm sure you do too, Kirby. Like, skin tints, tinted moisturizers, like lightweight coverage products that you could use day to day. And this has definitely been like a go-to of mine. It's $23.99. How does it compare to say slip tint? It's pretty similar. So yeah, this would be a good dupe, but I stopped using it. And I don't know if that was because it didn't fully match my skin the way that I wanted it to, but I have found myself constantly going back to this product. Like I traveled with it. Again, it's like the one that I'm using when I'm not using my Sisley or I'll actually use them together. So yeah, it's just been like my go-to where if I like, I don't want to wear a ton of makeup, but I want to just look a little bit more even toned. This is what I've been using. Again, I like that it has the sunscreen in it, even though we don't always pick our makeup products to have skincare in it. It is a bonus, especially for people who are lazy or don't like to wear sunscreen, this is a good option for you. So you can get it at Target, you can get it at Ulta, you can get it wherever you can get Honest Beauty products. Do you use a lot of Honest Beauty products? I don't, and I don't really like a lot of their products. There are some that I enjoy, but it's not really a brand that I'm gravitated to keep using. Like I'll test it and be like, oh, this was nice. They're not products that I keep going back to or I'll I'll even pick up when I go to a Target. Right. Which is why this like surprised me so much. So I was like, I'd be interested to see what you thought. Have any of you guys tried it? And are any of you fans of Honest Beauty? Someone is because Jessica Alba is making lots of money. Good for her. All right, let's get into some headlines. So We need to just give a PSA. This is the final issue of Allure Print Magazine. It's Dunzo come 2023. Jennifer Aniston's on the cover. Go buy it. This will be a relic. This is like literally the last physical issue. It's deeply upsetting. And you have a story in it. 
Yes, I have a story in it, but buy it because Jennifer Aniston is looking smoking hot on the cover. Okay, I have a question, though. Is that your favorite picture of her from the shoot? No, that is not my favorite picture of her from the shoot. And the cover is a black background. I actually love that they did black. She's wearing a vintage Chanel bra top, like bikini top. So hot. Her body looks incredible. Banging. People were very much critical of her face in this photo. And of course, everybody has an opinion, but a lot of the comments were, why would you distort her face like this with Photoshop? She doesn't need it. And my argument is this. A, any celebrity of Jennifer Aniston's caliber is going to have some type of say-so in the final cover image. Point blank. It doesn't matter. She will get to say and have certain approvals over images, especially the cover photo that's going to be put out for everyone to see. But I think a lot of people are actually misinterpreting this as being overly photoshopped and that it's actually not photoshopped that much at all. And they're used to seeing images of her so photoshopped that when they actually have her eyes turned down a little bit more. She has natural shadows to her face now. She's 53. People think that it's a poorly lit Photoshop job when actually it's minimal compared to what she has had. I do subscriptions on Instagram. And for my subscribers, I went into this. If you look at the InStyle magazine from 2019, when she had that really cute kind of feminine girly photo shoot where she's like bronzed, to the gods and she has this really big playful 60s hair. If you look at one of those images compared to the images from Allure, her face is so flattened and so airbrushed and you can tell they probably lifted the corners of her mouth among other things. People see those images and they're like, oh my God, she looks fantastic. Yes, this is perfect. This is how beautiful she is. But those are heavily altered images of her. When you see her the way she is, a 53-year-old woman with lines and creases and natural gravity taking place, when you see this, you're not able to be cognizant of the fact that, like, this is actually what she looks like, you know? And it's like why the Photoshop conversation is such a big discussion at this point, because you can easily Photoshop your own face via an app on your phone. And then when you see an actual image of someone, you think it's been destroyed by Photoshop and it hasn't. I mean, I would literally bet money that that was actually what happened here and it wasn't overly Photoshopped. I do think there are some weird shadows on her face that they could have lit a little bit better, but that image I think is great. But the images that I love are the ones, the red image, the image of her in blue. The blue one looks just, it's so like her personality. Like smiley and like she's like wet and like, It's like really, really pretty. It's very editorialized. I do plan on printing out the image of her long ass hair extensions down her back with the Gucci thong. It's perfect. Yeah, it's so good. That whole like outfit, it was just so good. I found it interesting that she didn't share the cover on her socials. I can't remember who I was talking to. We were like, oh, I wonder if there was like some sort of like deal that Allure Conte had with like Chanel, like she had to wear the Chanel on the cover. It's sort of thing, you know, but I mean, whatever. She looks fucking fantastic in all of the photos. And the story was so great. I always try to think about that, like a celebrity trying to navigate 
something like that, like where they look hot and they don't want to be like, look at me. So they pick a different image, but everyone else will see the other image anyway. So it doesn't matter. And most people share the cover, but she's Jennifer Aniston. So like she obviously doesn't need to. Anyways, the interview was fantastic. If you have not read this interview, please do. It was so expertly written. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It's like very, it's such a good note to end on for the print publication. So I plan on getting my subscription and running my ass over to a magazine stand and just picking up as many as I can because I'm in it. So go and get it. Yes. Oh my God. Everyone purchase it to read Kirby's story too. More on that at a later date. Okay. I thought this was interesting and the glams have brought it up a few times. So I figured why not? Let's dive right in. Augustus Botter has a $1 billion valuation, which is legitimately insane. What other brands are valued at that level, Kirby? I can't even remember at this point, but they closed a $25 million strategic funding round and they now value that the brand is at $1 billion. And this is a pretty big deal. It's unicorn status. I mean, wasn't Glossier an example of that? Yeah. That's like a, a prime example of a unicorn. So Augustinus Botter is in the business of printing dollar bills. Allure has an incredible story about the brand and how it came together by Brennan Kilbane. We're going to link this. Everyone needs to read it. I think that it's so well done. I know when the story came out, it started circulating like pretty heavily within the industry. Like, oh my God, did you read this? But I wasn't really surprised by anything in this story, actually. It appeared shady, like they were throwing shade at the brand, but they weren't. They asked the questions that needed to be asked, in my humble opinion. So it's called the How Augustinus Botter Made Us Believe. The biggest skincare success story of our time didn't begin in a lab. It was born at a billionaire's dinner party where a French banker met a German scientist and came to discover the formula for a cream that has captured hearts, minds, and lots of money. And I think this story really speaks to just how impactful celebrities are to beauty. And it kind of goes into the discussion of why so many are launching their own brands. But just like, honestly, every other brand at this point, celebrities are really what put Augustinus Botter on the map. I want to read this piece. It says the celebrity circuit. So there's Augustinus Botter, who is the German scientist that the brand is based around. And then there is this you know, financier. His name is Charles Rosier, who is a French investor, and he is Augustinus Botter's CEO. Okay. And the story talks about how those two met, how they came together, how quickly the brand came together after they met. It talks about Augustinus Botter's background. It talks about, you know, how they kind of position the brand as like wound healing and, you know, wrinkle reducing and all of these things. But what they show in terms of publicity, like this was a wound that I fixed. And like a year later, there's no signs of it. How that has literally like nothing biochemically to do with the cream that they sell. <laughs> like it's like completely separate, which is really interesting. And y'all, I love the rich cream. The rich cream is my jam. I freaking love it. So my, my skin eats it up for whatever reason. Any product that I ever have ever used from Augustinus has like changed my skin. It's so good. But 
They say that Charles, several years earlier, began a word-of-mouth campaign through the world's celebrity nexus. He had given a sample jar of the cream to his fiancée's sister, the actor-musician and former French first lady Carla Bruni, who, he says, gave one to her friend Naomi Campbell. Melanie Griffith heard about Rosier from her sister, who was working on the packaging design. Griffith met him in Italy for lunch and flew home with the cream in her luggage. Now Griffith, her mother, Tippi Hedren, and daughter, Dakota Johnson, all use the cream. Griffith and ex-husband Don Johnson invested in Augustinus Botter, as did Diane Kruger and Courtney Cox. And then a stylist for Kim Kardashian, not the one she currently has, but a different one. She met with... Rosier and Augustinus Botter and was told that this moisturizer could inspire her dormant network of stem cells to generate brand new skin. She texted Cassandra Gray, who created Violet Gray. And then Violet Gray from there started exclusively selling this cream in a six-month deal. And I think it's really interesting. It talks about, remember when the brand first launched and they were like, you will need nothing else. This is the only product you will need. And now they have all of these other products that they've launched because let's talk about it. Business. You can say that that's the only product you'll need, but you better be, I mean, selling them quite frankly at $280 a pop and be sure that people are going to like it because especially retailers, they want you to keep up with the Joneses. They want you to create products for their consumers to buy. So that's why I have such deep admiration for brands like Vintner's Daughter, where they're like, this is the only product in our line and it is the only one you need. I'm like, good for you. I knew you were going to say that. I literally knew you were going to say Vintner's Daughter. Although now they have like three products, but still like they all work together. It's not like, you know, now Augustus Butter has like several kinds of creams. And hair products and body products. Supplements. Which is crazy, but it's interesting. Like Victoria Beckham has been an early adopter of Augustus Butter partnered with them on her cosmetics line. Gwyneth Paltrow uses Goop in the morning, Bader by night. It's been rumored that Leonardo DiCaprio placed an order for 20 jars at once. This sounds like such a Leonardo DiCaprio thing. <laughs> also, like how, who, where's the sort? I love it. I don't care. Same. Rumors. In third season of Succession, Jeremy Strong's character makes a threatening phone call from a bathroom in his Hudson Yards penthouse, which is furnished with an ovate tub and a single Augustinus Botter the cream. I remember this episode and I clocked it. I'm like, wow, they are so on it. They really they hit the nail on the head. So if you haven't read this story, it is a long read. Take some time. It's so well done. It talks about how the brand began, how Augustus Spotter met Charles Rosier, the stem cell factor of it all, and, you know, what it actually can or can't do. When I read this, I wasn't like, oh, God, they've been lying to us this whole time. It's not normal for brands to do this, but if they really wanted to prove efficacy of something, they could do like a double-blind, placebo-based clinical study. And Augustinus Botter, the brand, has done like a single blind, non-placebo-based study on their stuff. And most brands don't do that, though, because it's just terribly expensive to do. And it kind of talks about how they're using a lot of like his personal contributions to like wound healing to sell this cream. But the way he fixed <laughs> these wounds is not packaged up in this bottle which is what a lot of brands do, quite frankly. And I mean, for me personally, when I use this product, I'm not using it 
to like heal anything, but I do use it. And when I do use it, my skin looks plump. It looks filled in. And I notice when I stop using it, like I think I've said that maybe 800 times on this podcast, I notice when I stop using the rich cream on my face. It's a really great story. I think everyone should read it. I mean, this clearly didn't put a damper on anything because now the brand is valued at a billion dollars. It also talks about like La Mer and Barbara Sturm. Excellent read, excellent journalism. Everybody needs to go read it. Use your eyes and read. (laughs) Okay, Sarah Tan, what else do we got here? What? No, this is sad. I know. We have some sad news. So Sally Beauty is closing 350 of its stores starting next month, which is such a bummer. Even though I don't go to Sally's a lot, just knowing that there's one near me is like comforting, right? And you know, most of the time, if you're traveling somewhere, you're like, there's a Sally's. If I forgot something, I can go. But unfortunately, there was a drop in you know foot traffic and it was like a drastic drop in 2021 they had you know over a hundred thousand people coming into the stores and then now it's like around like eighty thousand and analysts are are citing that this decline has to do with the high costs inflation and you know the fact that sally beauty has always been a place where you can get a great deal you don't have to spend a lot of money to buy really great beauty products that make you look and feel good. And, you know, unfortunately, those are things that people are having to give up during this time. So they're adjusting. In addition to closing the stores, I think I also read that they're closing like a couple of their distribution centers. So yeah, it's just just like a sign of the times. And hopefully, you know, they'll still continue to exist. Because you still pop into Sally sometimes. No? Yeah, but I will say it's not the most convenient anymore for me. There is one off of La Cienega if you go past Pico and it's in kind of this cute little shopping center with an LA fitness. But I do think speaking to inflation is important because when you're going to Sally Beauty and you want to save money on certain things, but you're walking away paying almost the same exact amount as like a Sephora or an Ulta, then you're kind of like, well, why am I shopping here? Also, like a lot of professionals like can get discounts now with professional IDs or professional. If you can prove that you're a professional, go to places online or to other maybe more local beauty supply stores and get discounts that way. Because I know like Nigel's and Namie's and Friends Beauty based here in LA, like they are always popping, but they offer specific discounts for people that are can prove they're professionals, whether they're doing hair at salons or working on TV sets. And I think that there was a discount offering for Sally Beauty, but it probably just boils down to like convenience slash discount slash like, could I get what I need to get elsewhere? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just unfortunate, but I mean, if you're dropping that many customers in a in a year, then that probably is strategically smart. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's move on to some good news. And that is Caroline Hirons has finally launched a skincare line. Hallelujah. Woohoo. 
it's been a long time coming. And she is starting. She's not playing around. <laughs> she's not playing around. <laughs> she's launching with retinoids. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from her. But I mean, this is probably why it took so long. So she launched an app earlier this year called Skin Rocks. That's the exact same name as the line. The website has over 160 million views, which is like honestly unheard of this day and age. I hate saying that term. And she's always just been the most thorough, no BS woman on the planet. Like, sorry, there's nothing in here that's like actually good for sensitive skin or whatever. So people really do trust her. And she has an amazing book. If you haven't purchased it or read it, I highly recommend it. It's called Skincare. And it really is so helpful. Download the audiobook. Such great listen. We recommended it last year for our holiday gift guide. And literally like uh, back in 2013, people are like, are we ever going to get a Caroline Hirons skincare line? Yeah, because she teased it all the way back then. Yes, yes. So they launched Retinoid 1 and Retinoid 2. And they do a really good job of explaining what it's for, who it's for, and how to use it. So it says that both of these formulas target breakouts in texture, fine lines and wrinkles, dark marks and pigmentation, and that this is a vitamin A range that's clinically tested. And it says next generation and ingredients to provide efficacy with minimum irritation. And there's two strengths, which I think is smart, because I do not think that when it comes to retinoids, one size fits all. I think that we've learned that over time. So there's retinoid one, which is the beginner. It has 0.2% HPR, hydroxypinacolone retinoate, bacuchiol, which I want to touch on, squalane, and glycerin. This is for all skin types, including sensitive, and you use it two to four times a week. It says you need this if you are new to retinoids or have previously found retinoids too strong. You don't need this if you already use a retinoid and your skin feels comfortable Instead, you need retinoid too, which I think is very, very helpful for a consumer being like, should I even buy this? Do you think it's interesting that they include bacuchiol? I do, because you're like most people who have sensitive skin who can't use retinol will just use a bacuchiol. Like the whole marketing around bacuchiol is that it's a retinol alternative, which we know is like, it's not. It's a completely different like pathogen for the skin. Yeah, it is interesting that she has it. I like that there's the squalane and the glycerin. Obviously. I've come around on Squalane. I have. Literally, Beauty Stat has Squalane in it. So many products have it because it just helps to deliver those like really active ingredients in like a more gentle way. So like it makes sense. And then of course, glycerin. I love glycerin. Freaking love it. Retinoid 2 is intermediate strength. So it's 0.5% HPR. It also includes 0.05% retinol, A-L, not O-L. There's bacuchiol, squalane, and glycerin. So this is like your heavy hitter. All skin types can use this, and it's two to three times a week. If you use retinoids regularly or you have completed a prescription strength retinoid and you want to maintain your results, this is for you. It says you do not need this if your skin is used to higher strength retinoids, including prescription strengths such as tretinoin. Or if you are new to retinoids or prone to sensitivity, you need retinoid one. They're cruelty-free. Packaging is recyclable, refillable, and reusable. So I just looked it up because I was curious. Bacuchiol and retinol have been proven to actually work really well together because Bacuchiol has like calming and stabilizing properties. Yes. 
and I'm looking at the packaging and it literally says, use this much on the cap. And it has a little circle to show you. So you can pump it directly on that circle to be like, just use this much. You don't need any more than that. Very, very, very consumer friendly. Like thinking of the person that's going to use this product and how they could possibly misuse it. And I would not expect anything less from Queen Caroline. Very, very happy for her. I can't wait to try it. I have to finish my run with this one skincare line, but I will be putting this all over my face and body and decollete just everywhere. So you can purchase it, but obviously you'll have to pay for some shipping. Yes, it's international, but you're going to have to pay the VAT fee, which will add on to the cost, unfortunately. So it's like 80 euros. Retinoid 2 is 75. Retinoid 1 is 80. So that's similar-ish around to like a US dollar. So then adding tax, you can say, let's call it a little less than $100 with shipping and tax. I think they have it incorrectly on the website we're looking at. The Skin Rocks website says that Retinoid 1 is 80 and Retinoid 2 is 90. So Retinoid 2 is more expensive than Retinoid 1. Okay. So call it 100. It's around $100. I mean, that's, I think, standard for a quality retinol product. An investment for sure. And they have some really great before and afters on the website. They say inclusive testing. And they really have a lot of education on the website as well, which is extremely helpful. I'm so glad that they did this. And we trust Caroline, obviously. Love. Can't wait to get this on my face. Congrats. I'm going to have to wait a little bit, but I can't wait. Just a couple months. Just a few months. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. We will be back on Friday with another great guest interview. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts. I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.